Welcome to the Let Your Woo Woo Show podcast, where we discuss a wide range of topics from weird science to everyday miracles. We feature interesting people, places, and ideas. This podcast is about getting curious, educating ourselves, and celebrating all of the wild, wonderful, and sometimes weird aspects of this world we share. The intent of the show is to open up our minds to new ideas in a fun and informative way, and ultimately help deepen our connection with ourselves, each other, and this world we interact with. If you like deep discussions and out-of-the-box topics, you are in the right place. Welcome. Hello, and welcome to the Let Your Woo Woo Show podcast, where I'm happy today to have on a local entrepreneur, Joan Doey who is in Newfoundland like myself. And over the past decade, Joan has been on a personal journey through the world of alternative modalities just to seek answers for her own health problems. But what she discovered is, is her love for helping others and offering many services that enable clients to heal on all levels, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. I said, she's a woman after my own heart because when I looked at her uh, certifications, I said, oh, here we go. This is, she's after my own heart here. She's Reiki certified, um, reflexology certified, life coach, a laughter yoga teacher, which Joan, I want to do that, by the way, meditation yeah. teacher, hypnotherapy, past life regression. And uh, today our focus is going to be on soul genesis, which is what I went to go see Joan for. So welcome, Joan, to the Let Your Woo Woo Show podcast. Thank you very much. I'm more than happy to let my woo woo show. Uh, <laughs> Because, and, and that took a long time for me to get to that point because it was kind of, you know, can't let people know how just how woo-woo you, woo -woo you are. But like you said, over the years with my own health problems, I realized there's so much more to attaining optimal health than just taking care of your physical. Physical is the last manifestation of, of health problems very often. So yes, I have trained to the nth degree and I still have, I, I probably shouldn't admit it, admit it, but I have about 40 courses on hold online. <laughs> so with the likes of Carol Mace and Ainsley McLeod and this one and that one, you know, it's, yeah. Anyway, there's no end to it, but I absolutely love when I have somebody come in who gets it that it's not just physical. I can help them on a physical level. That's not a problem with Bowen therapy or you know different modalities like that. But when someone is willing to look deeper, I just about do a dance. I it's, love it. Yeah. I love it. So you are, you are a retired teacher. So it's no surprise to me that you are so curious and into learning. That just makes sense. So how do you think that your profession in teaching really prepared you for this phase of your life? Well, I was really fortunate to have been thrown into French immersion back when we had no curriculum. There was nothing. They just said, oh, do whatever the English classes are doing. So, you know, like you'd be up till 10 o'clock at night making books to work with the kids the next day kind of thing. And that's the kind of practitioner I am. It just as with teaching, it was about each child. It was about their different learning styles. It was about 
making it fun and exciting instead of, you know, just write down all these questions and answer them. I get bored really easily. <laughs> so when somebody comes in, I'm not just looking at their sore shoulder. I'm listening to what they're saying and, uh, you know, realizing that the shoulder problem might actually originate somewhere else, or it might be they're carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders and they need some Reiki to move that energy. It might be, I had one lady who came in one time and she said she always had this stabbing pain under her shoulder blade and she had never had an injury. There was no reason for it. So I worked on it a couple of sessions with Bowen and it was going nowhere. Finally, I said, you open to past life regression because maybe you had an injury in a past life and you're still carrying it. And she discovered through the past life regression that she had been stabbed in the shoulder blade in a previous life and then it resolved. So, you know, and with soul genesis, it makes so much sense to me with, there are so many different elements to what we do with the soul. Uh, but it gives people, it's like when you do a profile of the student, when you're preparing for the parents to come in for parent-teacher nights. So you look at the strengths of the soul, the weaknesses, the challenges, uh, make suggestions as to how they can go about meeting those challenges and remove blocks that are there. You know, just like with a child, if the child can't see the board, well, they might need glasses. <laughs> So if somebody has uh, an earthbound spirit attached to them, that spirit needs to go off and do their work on the other side and sayonara baby. And then the person feels lighter and more energetic. Oh my goodness. I love that. So here's the thing is that that's, that's the reason why I went to go see you because I wanted to know about soul Genesis. And I actually, before I saw you, I had my astrology chart done. I had my human design chart done. And then I had you do my soul Genesis for this podcast, all three, which just for the podcast, you know, of course. Uh, of course. But what I found so incredible was the underlying stitching and layering of each one said the same damn thing in a different way. And so for me, by the time I did my third one with you with Soul Genesis, I was like, yes, of course, of course, yeah. right? Because so this is yeah. what makes me a believer. So I yeah. would love for you to share with the audience um, how you got into Soul Genesis. We'll start with that. So, so what drew well, you to it? Kicking and screaming. So mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, everything that I've done, in the, the woo-woo side of things, it's been kicking and screaming. It's been going like, oh, I'm actually compelled to go and do this. So before I did Soul Genesis, the one that struck me the most was Rahani, which is, it's angel energies that you channel. Now, every time somebody mentioned the angels prior to this, I would go, shut up about the angels. I didn't believe anything to do with the angels. Anyway, a friend announces a Rahani course and I am compelled to do it. And I'm going, oh, for God's sake, really? I don't even believe in angels. And I went and did the course and I always call it my slushy machine in my hands. You know, like in the convenience stores, they have those slush. It's like everything went in my hands. So it's like now, of course, you know, the angels are with me all the time. 
With Soul Genesis, I went and I did a meditation with Judith Royal, who is the owner of Soul Genesis and the teacher. And she looked at me. She's got these razor blue eyes, right? She goes, I think you're supposed to do this work. And I'm going, yeah, right. So I ignored it the first time. And then I went back to do another day long workshop and she did it again. She goes, I think you're supposed to do this work. And I'm like, yeah. Anyway, she passed out a flyer for the, the soul Genesis course and she had a stack of them and um, each one of us received one. And when I got home, I had 12 flyers in my binder, 12. I don't know how they got there. She didn't put them there. I said, okay, fine. So I phoned her. I said, look, I have all your extra flyers. Sign me up. Do you want me to put those flyers around town for you? <laughs> so I went and did it. And while we were in the course, every now and then she said, do you have questions? And I said, huh, I have a billion questions. I said, but this is like, it's like you're talking a different language. Just keep going. I'll catch up. You know, it's like, and it was just things that I didn't, I'd never heard of before. You know, the different soul groups, the different core wounds, the, the eternal patterns, the fact that there were dark energies. I thought, I actually believed there was no dark energy. Anyway, so I'm sitting there in the soul genesis class and I'm going, what, what? There's really? And we had to do practice um, readings while we were there on the last day of the course. And I found a couple of people, significant people in my life had shadow energies attached, like serious dark energies. And it was like, it explained a lot, but it was really scary, but we could clear them. And that was the beauty of it is no matter what you present to somebody, you can clear it. So it's, it's amazing. That is amazing. And we did a clearing for myself because, well, there's so much, here's the thing is that in one podcast, we will never get to the bottom of soul Genesis. Like that's just not going to happen. But I know that one of the things that was discovered during my reading, and I, and I think you mentioned it happens to a lot of people is that I had no shields, like zero mm -hmm. shields. <laughs> So yep. um, what does it mean to have no shields, by the way? So we're supposed to have six shields, one above, one below, one left, one right. And they're vibrational shields that filter what's coming at us. And it kind of protects our energy, right? So uh, if, if to me, it's like going out into a hailstorm with just a T-shirt on. You know, if you, don't, if you don't have your coat on, you're being bombed with uh, with hailstones well it's kind of the same thing especially when you're an empath and you're going out into the world and you have no shields you don't have that protection and the reason why people don't have shields there's a few reasons one if if you've been the victim of psychic attacks you can lose your shields also they can be dropped because of hurts so you know going through adolescence alone um is a real recipe for dropped shields. And there can also be, you can be tricked out of them by shadow energies. 
So the thing is, once we discover that you don't have any shields, it's a matter of, of giving you back your shields. And then I say to clients, now it's up to you to make sure every morning that those shields are in place. You just simply ask those angels that I didn't used to be you. <laughs> and that's what I do. Um, you know, I can't, I, I wish I'd say, I could say that I did it every day. However, I do it most days. And so um, I'm a big fan of, I love prayer, um, which is like you were saying, I never, ever thought if you told me even two years ago that I would be praying to the angels every day, yeah. I would have looked at you and been like, so oh, do, yeah. you, do you mean I joined a cult or do you mean I joined a religion? Um, because I don't think that that's what I did. Um, but, and I didn't do either of that, but I just found the love for, uh, you know, source and angels. And so I prayed to them every day and loved, you know, your the knowledge that you gave me with soul genesis is now i know which angels to pray to um which my five are raphael gabriel michael camille and uriel and on top of that what i've discovered joan and this is the power of doing soul genesis with you is that i actually went and researched these angels and learned mm -hmm. exactly why they are my angels why i am so called to them because it just makes sense for everything for all of my strengths, everything, yes. my purpose the, in life. You would have had training with them. So, and the problem is some people's, um, their channels to those archangels is blocked. So that's another thing. It, like at the end of the, at the end of the original soul Genesis clearing, you know, you're, you're, Good and clean as you go out there. And I always say to clients, if something still feels off in the next few days, let me know in the next week and, and we'll do a bit extra if need be. And I say it's like the big, you know, spring cleaning that you do where you do the baseboards and you do the ledges and everything gets done. Well, you know, in five or six months, chances are there's going to be a bit more dust there and there. So you, you might need a touch up and you can't leave. You can't not do your work every day because it'll build up a whole lot faster. So there are different levels of clearings with soul genesis and I'll have people come back, you know, they might come back three months time, might be a year, a lady was here yesterday. I hadn't seen her since 2018. She said, I really need something. And I said, yeah, I do. <laughs> so it's, um, you know, it, it and, I, and people say, when should I come back? How often should I have this done? So, You'll know, you'll feel stuck, you'll feel like there's something really off, you'll have no energy and you're doing everything right physically. That's when you come back and you get topped up. I love it. So here's the, here is the thing that I found really interesting. And um, when I was doing it is that you also find out what soul group you're from and yep. the soul's purpose and focus. So if that is, and that for me was a big thing because I, I already, I, I already knew, I guess, intellectually what my purpose was. Um, but I still had some question or maybe I already knew in the soul what my purpose was, but intellectually had some questions still. And so, um, yeah, the, the, I found the soul group was an incredible way for me to be like, all right, all right, I get it. I get it. Okay. This is real. That's it. Yeah, that's exactly how it worked for me when I, before I had, I did the course, we were to have our soul uh, clearing done, of course. 
And the day after, because I had been told for years, oh, yeah, you know, you can do this kind of thing. You can do this. And I was always like, but how? But how? I always needed to know the how. And nobody could ever tell me how. They'd say, you'll just know. It's like, no, no. I'm a teacher uh, and, you know, with multiple degrees. And I just, I need a strategy. I need to know how. So anyway, after Judith did my clearing, I felt, you know, she kept saying things like, you have so many spirit guides. And I go, yeah, okay. And she go, no, no, no. This is like really significant. And I go, yeah. She said, no, you're not listening to me. <laughs> so it took a bit of hammering for me to get it. But the next day, I remember I was driving over the road and all of a sudden there was this burble of joy that came up in my chest. And I thought, okay, now I know that it's actually my mission to be here to help other people heal. Move over, get out of my way. Now I know I have a job to do. Let's get on with it. And I, like, I'm still excited about it. And this is, I don't know, four years on. It just, the thought that somebody can come in here and feel so awful and walk out feeling better just fills me up entirely. I get it. I get yeah. it. It's a beautiful thing. And you're so good at it too. And you can tell your passion, you know, you can tell your passion when you sit with you because, you know, you yeah. just, and by the way, anybody um, who's listening, if you're thinking about um, having any services done by Joan, Joan does do distance services. So you don't have to be in Newfoundland. You don't have to be a resident of Newfoundland no. to have her services. Um, however, if you do get the chance to go, she has this marvelous cat who enjoys to be a part of the service. Um, yes. And he's very, he's very much a part of the service in that he loves <laughs> the energy of it. And uh, no, but you are just so um, warm and uh, it's just so easy to be in your presence. So it's no surprise to me that you were called to this work at all. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love people. I, I really do. And I do work on animals too. And I do distance work on animals. So, you know, there's, there's so much that you can do via distance that really, but I love having people here. When we, when we had our shutdowns, it was really tough at times. Yeah. And when people came in, it was like, it was really hard not to just go, oh my God, come here, let me hug you. <laughs> but you couldn't. No. So, but it was just so wonderful to have people back in here. I bet. Yeah. Couldn't or, uh, well, it wasn't recommended. So good on you for not doing it. Um, yeah. you know, uh, okay. So let's give, I, I had us digress here, although I love digression. So yeah. another thing with the soul Genesis that I wanted to get to, because I know we have a limited time is, um, all about the core wounds. Now this shit got me going. Um, like my core wounds really hit home, especially, um, afterwards, when I went home and did like a little more investigation on them, like mine are uh, betrayal, isolation, invisibility. Those were my three. Um, and what I really found was invisibility for me. I was like, I realized, yeah, you know what? Um, I grew up feeling like I was never heard. You know, that was the feeling I yep. had. And it, it actually strung through some of my other, uh, like I said, it's my astrology chart. It, it went through there too. And um, for me, the core wounds were, uh, I, I want to hear your perspective, but for me, I felt like it was 
especially invisibility, it was the driving point to get me to wanting to be heard because it's my purpose in life to be heard. So yeah, so that's, that was the aha moment for me. It wasn't a bad thing that it happened. It was building, it was building me up to come to this point. So yeah, yeah, let's talk more about core wounds. The core wound, the way I describe core wounds to people is it's like a hurdle on an obstacle course. And the winning point on the obstacle course is actually living your life's purpose. So if your life's purpose is to be heard and to help people learn about healing and to help heal people, if you're feeling all invisible and you're afraid to speak or you figure whatever you say really doesn't matter, so why bother? If you're really preoccupied with your core wound, whatever it is, you can't get to the the end point. So what I suggest to people is, okay, now that you know what your core wound is, when you get triggered, you go, hold on now, this is a core wound. It's keeping me away from my soul's purpose. How can I react to this or not react? Then I have like, mine is betrayal. So I've had situations where, well, you know, years of situations where there was betrayal happening and I was just so focused on trying to make things work and trying to to move forward with that situation that it really took away my energy from what I was supposed to be doing now if I feel betrayed because have to like really when I feel it what would have made me feel betrayed before I started to do this work now I go it really doesn't have anything to do with me. I didn't make that person do that. And it was so bad in my younger years that if my friend down the street had a party and I wasn't invited, and it might be her work colleagues, I'd be like, oh my God, I didn't get invited. It's like, oh, I thought I was her friend. And I'd be so upset. Sure, it's none of my business who she invites to her house. And now it's like, whatever, you know, they <laughs> It's just a completely different. But the other part is, if you're if there's a core wound that triggers you, that you know somebody else has done to you, you've also done it to yourself at some point. So I have betrayed myself by, uh, you know, spending too much time on a certain problem when really it needed more than me just to work on it or. Uh, by overspending and then causing myself stress. So I was like, so yeah, you know, you have to watch how you're betraying yourself and how you perceive others. And you might, you might be betraying other people somehow too. So it's a, it's a wake up call to kind of call yourself on what triggers you might have around your core wound. So the core wounds that we consider in in, um, soul genesis are abandonment, displacement, injustice, struggle, betrayal, isolation, invisibility, victimhood, my favorite to tell people about, and extreme independence. I love it. Would you say victimhood is a common one? Only because, Um, no? Okay, yeah. We we all go into victimhood, but we don't either but there are some people who have felt their whole lives that everybody is doing something to them 
And basically what I say to them is, okay, what can you do around, you know, setting boundaries and saying, no, sorry, uh, I'm not engaging in this or you can't, you can't do that to me. I don't accept it, that kind of thing. Uh, but it's a hard one for people who have the core wound of victimhood because um, some people will say, oh, but they do. They do all this stuff to me. <laughs> but I had one really funny one. And it was a young man when I finished because I hate telling people they have the core wound of victimhood. And this young man, I told him about it and he goes, yeah. That's me. I'm always blaming other people for mine. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> now you got to love that. He totally owned it. And I said, okay. So we talked about how he could channel that <laughs> and change it. But it was, it was so fabulous to have someone say, oh yeah, yeah, that's me. <laughs> well, because that was what I was going to say. It was um, the reason why I asked if you found it was a common one, because not because I feel like it's a common one, but because I feel like it has the most stuckness. Now that mm -hmm. might be my, pers my perspective, but when I'm working with clients, because I'm a code life coach as well, so are you, um, I do find that perspective, that sabotage, uh, the way we sabotage ourselves or core wound. I love that ter terminology. Um, yeah, I find, I find it has the most stuckness because you have, there's this idea then that they have to see um, that they have a role to play. Right. Yeah. Not that I'm here and, to talk about victimhood, but I just find it an interesting yeah. one. No, but and their role to play is to say, stop it, knock it off, step away, put up boundaries, uh, you know, whatever it might be. And I do kind of gently approach it and say, OK, so we all have these core wounds. We agree to carry them. Some people's are harder to carry than others. <laughs> and but we also agree to heal them. So this is what you're carrying. And this is why you might feel that way. So, you know, now that you know, check yourself when you say, did you see what he did to me? What she did to me? And we all go into victimhood there. And we're, you know, we have to work through our emotions. But the idea is not to stay there forever because it doesn't do you any good. That's right. So did you, do you find that there is a core wound that, um, is more common than others or is it just varied it's pretty varied but it seems late and it goes in different uh, uh, patterns like the past few months I've had a whole lot of people with invisibility and then you know maybe six months ago I had a whole whack of people with betrayal uh, so and there are some souls I call them the cocky souls they <laughs> They have all the core wounds. I know I say who has all the core wounds. That they, it's like they'll go, they're out there, you know, and they're floating around being souls that are teaching and observing and they get their chance to come take a human incarnation. They go, I've been watching this for eons. I'm going to take all the core wounds. No sweat. And it's like on YouTube, you know, when you see this beautiful cake that somebody made and it's like uh, the, you know, the, the birthday girl's house and a pool and the hedge. And I'm going to make that cake for her. Stephanie, you're going to have the best cake. And then I make the cake and it's like, Oh my God, what a mess. You know, <laughs> if the cake fails, just 
anybody, any of the listeners, look up the cake fails. They're hilarious. There's a, there's a Netflix show all about it. It's hilarious. And, yeah. then, and then the souls come in and they're human and they're going, oh, 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 I'm feeling betrayed. Life is so hard. Oh my God, nobody listens to me. Oh, did you see what they did to me? And it just goes through the whole, and they're, they're a total wreck at different parts of their lives, right? And they always go, this explains so much. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And actually I had that conversation with somebody who did have all the core wounds. And, um, I think that her, something says to me, she's part of like her, uh, blueprint was, or her, uh, soul group. Blueprint originate. I know that was, that was, I'm blueprint, blueprint originate. Yeah. Was, um, uh, sisterhood, sister light. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was, yeah. So you might need to say that again. Cause I think you got cut off by zoom. What is it? Sisterhood of the light. Sisterhood so of the they, light, that was hers, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like they are just these fabulous women who are, you know, they're here, they're very altruistic, they're, they're very compassionate. They can make such difference in the world, but then some can take on all these core wounds and talk about obstacles. Oh, makes sense, makes sense. So here they are yeah. to be, to help to be the healer, but they have to get past their own healing first when they have yeah. all wounds it's like oh yeah i'm gonna help heal a lot of people but first i'm gonna have some work to do <laughs> yeah awesome and really it's the people who've done their work who can do the best work with other people you have to have a, a certain gamut of experiences to be able to relate you know joan i, I you said it i feel like i've had we've all had pain in our lives right but um yeah. It, it, the thing is about with the pain in our lives is the the meaning that I give it now is the fact that I'm able to help so many people because I've been through that, you know, yep. and I do believe, but the, on that, you have to go through it. You yes. have, yeah. and it's, it's also, there's layers to it. I feel like um, with the core wounds, for instance, I don't know if the work is ever done because as I'm going through it, I'll, I'll think I'm done. And then all of a sudden it'll come yeah. up again and I'll be like, Oh really this shit again. I thought I healed this shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. And I remember saying to, <laughs> to my soul Genesis teacher, something about, I can't believe I'm here again. I thought I had healed it. She went, Joan, you carry it through all lifetimes. So what do you mean? <laughs> I thought that I could just heal it, move on to something else. She said, when it's healed, you don't have to come back. You're done. I was like, oh. <laughs> because I always used to say, I'm just going to go through and do whatever work I have to do in this life. Because I will be, if I'm coming back, going through all this again. Anyway. Yeah. The poor world. Yeah. I'm with you though. I'm the same way. I have the same feeling. I'm like, okay, what can I do in this lifetime to get as many steps ahead as I can? And that oh I, I, that's the achiever in me. I, you know, I'm like, oh my God, even in my, even in my soul work, I have this overachiever that, oh my. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and I just look at, you know, the life that I've gone through, I'm 60 and bless it. God, I'm so, so glad I am who I am because it's not been easy, <laughs> but I had, I've always had this eternal optimist in me, no matter what has gone on, I could always see 
something good in it. And like, I'm surprised I haven't been slapped at this point because I've learned to kind of go, there is a silver lining, but I better not say anything. <laughs> they just are not ready to hear it in this moment. Yeah. yeah. Discern yeah. is extremely important. Joan, amen to that. Okay, so yeah. let's uh, let's get into the angel realm, the archangel realms, because that was another one um, that I found really interesting. Like I said, I, I you you give information by the way when you go any to the listeners. If you are doing Soul Genesis with Joan, she'll give you a printout of everything. Um, and so you know, I did you you do give information on what each archangel from the angel realms, the trainings that you've had with them, and yeah. what um, kind of what their purpose is for you. Uh, and I went on to do my other research. So let's talk about the archangels. Yep. So before you come into any incarnation, you have training with the archangels. So, uh, and there's another school of life too. I call it trade school. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's the skills one. Um, but the training with the archangels is about life lessons that you're to learn in your life and how you're going to go about them. So they kind of equip you with, um, with a means to figure out how you're going to do it. So for example, and there's also a challenge with each one. So Raphael is one that both of us have training with. And Raphael is, um, he's God's physician. So he's all about the realm of healing and love. And people who have training with Raphael, they're really empathetic and they want to help everybody. And like we're healthy, healthy, healthy. And the problem is that we have to discern when to help and when not to help. Because... If you overhelp and you enable, you're taking away opportunities for other people to do the work. They might not see it that way, but it is their work to do. And if we're overhelping all the time, we may become depleted and then we're good to nobody. And it's a real, for those Raphaelites, uh, you know, we just, we wear ourselves out helping everybody else. So the, the caution and the challenge for Raphaelites is to make sure that we're filling our own bucket because otherwise it's going to be empty. It's and an empty bucket <laughs> is no good. On a side note today, this morning, I, I always um, pull, uh, part of my morning ritual is to pull an angel card. And this yeah. morning's angel card was to, I forget the exact words, but it was basically to give back to myself today. So it's yeah. to, to do self-care time today. I was like, no problem, angels. I got this. I am like going to spend the afternoon reading. <laughs> I love it. Good. Yeah. Um, so, go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted. Archangels that I'll mention that I call on often. Yeah. Uh, Archangel Camiel. And Camille's related to the third eye, and it's the realm of light, energy, and power. And it's really about finding your power, getting away from your fear of power, but never abusing your power, finding the sweet spot so that you're, you're not encroaching on somebody, else's, on somebody else's power. But here's what I ask Camille to help me with. Camille sees beyond the obvious. And when I can't find something, and this is kind of a daily occurrence, I go, Archangel Camiel, Archangel Camiel, Archangel Camiel, please help me find. And I swear that my hand develops its own brain and it goes, 
oh, here's right here. And I, I find things that otherwise I cannot find. So that's a little hint for the listeners. St. <laughs> Anthony is good for the Catholics, you know, but uh, cameo is good for everybody. And poor old uh, St. Anthony apparently was becoming very overwhelmed. So, uh, <laughs> and the other one that I call on is Uriel. And Uriel is the realm of intellectual curiosity and insight. So he helps with memory. He illuminates our minds. He's the one that fills us with insights. And, you know, when you have an aha moment, very often Camille's there in the background giving you that aha moment. And he'll help you retrieve accurate information when you need to. But here's the one that I call on him for most is he helps us find the wisest words to communicate without misunderstanding so that it actually lands. So if you think about when you've got something really important to talk to somebody about and they're not happy about it and, you know, there's a possibility there's going to be a bit of a racket that I call on Uriel and I say, please help me communicate this in a really wise way so that they'll hear it. And it's like the words come and they land and people actually hear you. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, and the realm challenge is being tactful and not assuming the right answer. <laughs> so you can call on these archangels, even if they're not the ones that guided you through the realms, right? Okay. Yeah. So I don't have training with Uriel. He's the only one I don't have training with. But he's also the one I call on the most. And maybe that's why. Hmm. Because I don't have that training. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I was younger, I remember, oh, my God, how often did I do the, I call it Sophia Petrillo syndrome, especially <laughs> after kindergarten for a number of years. Like there are, you know, you just go Bleh, and say whatever is on your mind. And then you go, oh, my God, I can't believe I said that. I had issues too through my teenage years. I, I called them verbal diarrhea, but it was almost yeah. like, it was, it was, well, for me, it was an awkwardness of, um, I would say it the wrong way because I was afraid that I would be misunderstood. So yeah. I, and then I would, you know, it, it would come out as misunderstanding. Uh, yeah. For me, the, well, Archangel Uriel, I, you told me about that, by the way, during our soul Genesis, or you gave a little, uh, a little hint on it. So I've been praying to Archangel Uriel, um, every time I do a talk or these podcasts, things like that. Um, but I do find as well, connecting with my heart center, my heart space helps me to have less misunderstandings because when I speak from my heart, then yes. the misunderstanding, and I'm not saying that it's on the other person, but oftentimes if there's a misunderstanding, it comes from their blockages um, possibly, or just the fact that maybe in between us, there's something, but not yeah. from the fact that it was, if it comes from my heart, I truly believe that it is what it is. That's the message, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So training on the other side. Yes. That that's very really cool too. <laughs> what was yours? Oh, mine was fifth order. That's what I thought. Yep. yep. And the house of Krishna. Yeah. So fifth order is about raising the soul's vibration. So the listeners have probably heard about, you know, the vibrational energy of the soul. And there is a, um, a scale out there from zero to 800. So if you imagine a soul's energy being able to go from zero to 800, 
800 is enlightenment. But if you're in the lower end, that's where shame, fear, hatred, they're the people who might stick their finger in your dog's eye when you're not looking, you know, and they're just living in anger and in a dark place. Most of us hover, you know, it could be 250, it could be 300. But what I always tell clients is the beauty of it is you can bring up your vibration by doing things that make you feel really good in a healthy way. So eating good food, food that makes your body feel good. And if you listen to your body, you know what makes you feel good. And you know what makes you doesn't feel good. So no, okay, <laughs> never mind. Uh, you're ill. <laughs> Help. <laughs> and um, anyway, so you can do things like as simple as laughter. And that's one of the, the roles of laughter yoga is to bring up the vibration. Uh, dancing, singing, um, anything that meditation just brings up your vibe. You know, you feel... I say to people, you know how you feel when you've been at the beach on a real nice sunny day and everything is perfect and you're almost buzzing when you come home. That's a really high vibration. You are actually vibrating at a higher level. So there's a group of souls whose job it is to bring up the vibration. So some of them, it's on a level uh, that's um, more on the physical plane, which is like speech pathologists, uh, musicians, um, voice teachers, that kind of thing. But there's also a group that are healers or mentors. And it actually relates to what you were just saying about living from the heart. Those people, the fifth order souls who are healers and mentors, it's their role to help people balance the heart head connection. So, you know, it's all fine and dandy to do everything from our hearts and give away your house, give away your furniture, and then all of a sudden nobody got anywhere to sit and you're living out on the road. It was a nice idea, but you might need to balance that out with a bit more of a, a head-based approach so that, you know, everybody's okay. So that's, and also people who have um, this training, they're really good at making changes in their community, like paradigm shifts or perspective changes. So you guys might bring something to the table uh, in your family or in your, you know, wherever that they will hear from you that they won't hear from someone else. And it could be something to do with gender equality. It could be something to do with sexual orientation. And they'll go, I never thought about it that way. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, I guess they are just people or, you know, whatever. So it's a, it's a really important group. Well, they're all important, I suppose. But to me, especially in this day and age, it's very important to have people who can bring those ideas to, to a group who might not see it otherwise. And your house of historical affiliation being Krishna, that really helps you to do whatever you need to do. So a house of historical affiliation is about... Um, when you might have incarnated in the past. So uh, yours is with Krishna, and that would have been around 3000 BC in uh, India and Pakistan. And people who have that training, for them, devotion is the driving force of life. So you devote yourself to something, look out, it's going to happen. 
loyal as all get out, can't stand injustice, will stand up for people who are uh, being treated unjustly, people who come up with solutions when everybody else goes, what? How do you even think of that? Um, people who reestablish order when the shit hits the fan. You know, everything falls apart and Stephanie swoops in. Let me help. And um, what else is there? Well, you know, you get the idea. They're, they're dedicated. They're self-starters. They follow through. So having an affiliation with that house, no matter what your, your um, talents are, or what your challenges are, that's a group who will go and hone right in on it. I can be pretty direct on that stuff. And I'm very solution oriented. See, this is what I'm talking about when with the listeners is, you know, right now we are talking about two aspects. Like we're talking about Krishna and we're talking about the fifth order, but there are many more that you can fall into. And, you know, that's what I love about your work, Joan. And, and this, uh, this soul Genesis is that you will feel heard <laughs> when it comes down to it, because it, all of this resonates with me. All yeah. of it. My, house of historical affiliation is with mother mary and it's not you know the whole Love religious mother mary mary's my woman me and mary we're like that <laughs> anyway my favorite she's it's about creativity and feminine energy and compassion and all that stuff that you relate to mary but my favorite line in the description of those who are affiliated with mother mary is this in a patriarchal system, descendants of Mother Mary must stand up to charges that nurturance is not real power. So if we think about these patriarchal uh, structures in our society that think that everything has to be hammered in, and even down to Bowen therapy, which I do, uh, you know, instead of working the muscles really hard, I liken it to being at a party and you're trying to get in at the food and there's a crowd of people. Well, if you're going with your elbows, they're not letting you in. But if you're really nice and polite and gentle and say, excuse me, I'd like to get in there at the hors d'oeuvres, they'll part the ways like the sea. So, you know, this is the thing with Mother Mary, descendants of Mother Mary. That's our job is to show you don't have to pound someone to get results. And that's, that's the energy of our whole time right now. It's no longer the the energy of of force. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that's exactly how I feel in terms of I'm I I don't have Mother Mary as my uh you know as my house, but um I do affiliate with that part. I I spent the majority of my life push push pushing, and now yeah. I've said the second half of my life is going to be about allowing, is going to be about um more just softening. Like that's been. <laughs> That's been the thing. Okay, so there's so much more we can talk about um, with all of this. One last thing, if we could touch on the gateways, and then I have a little question for you to finish it off. But if we could touch on the gateways. The gateways. So there's a transition gateway where, you know, like we arrive at different points in our lives and there's a transition gateway that, and one that's showing up a whole lot lately is one about releasing expectations. So the transition gateway is about externally, externally to you, circumstances that show up that help you realize your, your soul's purpose and get on with your focus. And right now, we're in a period 
where everything is kind of, we don't know what's coming next. And if some if one that's showing up is releasing expectations. So we've all had, we said, okay, now I'm six years old. I'll have my house paid off. I'll have, this, have that. I'll have the other thing. And then COVID comes along and goes, you're not working for so many months of the year. Uh, and, you know, we're at a really uncertain period. Mm-hmm. And lately I've had a lot of people come in with releasing expectations as their gateway. So the idea is that, you know, you can have expectations, but they might not work out the way that you expect them to. So do your work, do what you're supposed to do, and then let it go. It's going to work out the way it's going to work out. And if you hold on to those expectations, you'll be really frustrated, really upset, really, you know, you might become depressed because it didn't work out the way it was supposed to. But if you can recalibrate by not hanging on to those expectations, that's your best bet. And then the destiny gateway is, um, it's a paradigm shift within you. And the destiny gateway that has been showing up for a whole lot of people is, um, what's it called? Uh, The destiny gateway is totally related to, it's surrendered outcomes. Yeah, so it's the same thing, but it's within you. You have to, uh, you know, realize that you have a role to play and and not to be hanging on to what may or may not happen. Mm -hmm. And again, you do your work and hope for the best and leave it to divine. Hey, and a lot of, a lot of religious teachings have been like a lot of religious, um, they've been talking, religions have been talking about it for many, many years. The idea that, um, letting go of attachment because yes. it, does, it does release the soul. It really does release the soul. Well, when, when you finally get to that point where you can release the expectations, there's so much pressure taken off you. And that's what I find is I'll do what I'm supposed to do. And then however it turns out. I did my best. I love that. I have a hard time with it. I must say it's one of my, and I, I work on it every single day. I work on, um, one of my values in life is faith. So, um, I work on having faith, which to me is the, that's, that's how I equate that. Like having faith that no matter what happens, I can, I will be okay. I will be okay. So it allows me to kind of release control of a lot of the things that I want to control, because I would say one of my, um, I know for myself and maybe the listener, maybe yourself, I I believe so many of us, but control is one of the biggest hurdles of my life is trying to control outcomes. And so having faith, having a, you know, letting go of attachment, letting go of expectations. It's, um, it's been huge for me in my healing. I am not there yet. Joan, I'm no, not, no, I'm there yet. I'm but sure they all go, that's not how it was supposed to work out. You know, but 99% of the time at this point, I go, you know what? I did my best. That's all I can do. Amen. So on that point, um, before we get into the question, I just want to know where can the listener find you? JoanDoey.com. Uh, J-O-A-N-D-O-H-E-Y, not a usual name, dot com. Uh, 
com. It's the easiest place. Perfect. I love it. Okay. So I do have one final question for you, Joan. Yes. What advice do you have or would you have for your younger self for, so, you know, your, your teenage self, since we talked about that in this episode, what would you tell yourself if you could go back for something? Create boundaries. You don't have to be a doormat. You don't have to do everything for everybody. You can say no. The most powerful word in the universe. No, no, no. But there are ways of saying no that are, it's not like no. There are different ways of doing it. Call Uriel. He'll tell you. Uriel will help us all out. You'll have all the listeners now praying to Uriel yep. on a daily basis. Uriel. Oh, Uriel, I need to say something. Help me with this so that they get the boundary, but I can still be kind. Yes. <laughs> I think that that's the thing is we can say no with kindness. Kindness, well, for, it goes, kindness it, for them. And, yeah. And it goes right back to that, uh, that thing about uh, Mother Mary, that nurturance is the true power, you know? You can scream at someone, you're not going to get the same results as you would if you're kind. But just because you're kind doesn't mean you can allow people to, uh, you have to allow people to walk over you. Well, you know what, Joan? I think that those are very powerful words. And I, um, this episode has been great. I've loved having you on here. You are just a joy to be around. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope that so many people connect with you. Um, I know I'll be connecting with you more. So, um, and I'm excited for that because I do have more questions for you. So either way, joandoey.com listeners, get out there, get it because she has so much knowledge to share and she's so passionate about it. I'm sure you can tell. And thank you, Joan, for all the little tidbits because it's great to have the listener leave with something they can do. And very quickly, there's also, it's not, um, distance work can be done with Bowen therapy, with Reiki, with Rahani. Uh, there's a whole bunch. So, you know, you're not limited to just spiritual work <laughs> over distance. Uh, I've actually done scar release by distance. So anyway, just saying. Well, I love that. Listen, I'm all about that. Let the listener know all that you have to offer um, because there is so much. Okay. Well, I, uh, I know that you have a guest coming because, you know, busy woman. And I thank you so much for your time today. And I'm sure thank this won't, will not be our last conversation. I hope not. Okay. Thank you very much, Stephanie. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Well, that concludes this episode of the Let Your Woo Woo Show podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and don't forget to share to anyone you think would enjoy it. And remember, we are all a little woo woo. That's what makes you you. Much love to you all. Until next time.